0: Today on CityCast Las Vegas, Native American artist, activist, and community leader Fawn Douglas joins us to talk about her current exhibition at the newly opened NuWu Arts Complex, her activism, and how the community can support her work. It's Thursday, April twenty 2022. I'm David Figler, and this is CityCast Las Vegas.
1: Can you tell us about the SUVE exhibit, on
2: Yes, well, it's a part of my MFA for the Master of Fine Arts program at UNLV. It's my thesis exhibition. So uh, for those that aren't uh, too aware about what that is, it's basically like the finale. It's like the the final <laughs> part, the culmination of uh, what was learned in the past three years. Uh, you know, what, what have I developed over that time? Uh, what have I discovered, you know, about my arts, my practice, myself? Uh, within that time and it's just really just that reclaiming of myself again but also knowing that I'm a part of this you know this beautiful community and um, I'm not without my community and so how do I put those two things hand in hand and yeah and that's how this exhibition came about when you enter the gallery space and it's it's funny because I'm thinking of what to describe here
1: (laughs) well we Uh, can start with um describing the exhibition and then we can go in and start talking about the gallery. Itself.
2: Okay so when people first walk into the gallery they're going to see amazing arts by our community and they're going to see a lot of color a lot of color and being surrounded by joy. So within the exhibition I have a, a couple of key points and components of it. Well Suv means willow or sumac and my aunt Hopper she gave me that name my Paiute name uh, not even a couple years ago, and that was a really big deal, you know, for me uh, to to receive that, to receive that blessing and that gift, it's a gift. And so I was given that when I started to learn more about basket weaving, some of our traditional practices. And she went with me into the Grand Canyon. I have friends that are there in the Supai reservation. And I would always spend time with them since I was younger. And I asked about, you know, I wonder if anybody knows how to do this. I'm trying to learn this. And it's actually the unorthodox way to go about things. Traditionally, we're supposed to learn from uh, from our matriarch line. Like I should have learned this tradition from my mother, my grandmother, or maybe my aunt. You know, it should have been passed down to me. Uh, But due to colonization, I mean, there's a lot of our practices that have been severed. A lot of our areas where we would, you know, gather these things are no more. Of course, the city of Las Vegas is built around it. So I thought, you know, if things have changed, the climate has changed, you know, would it be appropriate for me to even do that? And so I asked, you know, some elders, I talked about it. And one of them was just like, hey, I want to show you, you know, let me show you. And we had this like this really big conversation about it. And she was telling me about her disconnect with uh, family and what that's like and how she hasn't passed on to, you know, certain members of her family, but she has to share it. And so it's like our stories were mixing together and she said, you know, basically, it's a covenant, too, because someday, you know, in the future, there's going to be someone from her family seeking these skills, seeking to know it. And they will find me. And of course, I will pay that back. Like, yes, she showed me how and I will show you. So we've got to create that that connection in that learned experience uh, with each other. So when my Hop, uh, my aunt Hopper, she was witnessing this. That's when she gave me my Paiute name, Soov. And it's not a name I put out there too often or too too much, but when I thought about what I would want to name this exhibition, I thought it was like, well, what centers me? You know, who am I in this process? Well, well, who am I? Let's see what I, my name is Suv, Ninanian Suv, you know, in Paiute. And so let's let's move with that, you know, like doing something that that really fits that and, and who I am and in this process. Because when I was going through the process of learning basket weaving. I also learned that, like, all right, you know, what are the found materials? What are we harvesting and foraging within our environment? Well, when me and my partner bought these buildings and we are you know, refurbishing them, you know, there was some wires and boards and, you know, just, you know, debris. And I saw these conduit wires and they looked really beautiful. I just noticed how they kind of swirled and I was like, oh, let me see that. And I started to play with it. And then I was like, I, you know what? I think I can weave with this. So I made my first basket, and I started to create another one and another one. And it feels good to, you know, to process that. Like, all right, you know, this is a reclaiming of, you know, a weaving style. It's not with the willows, but it's with, you know, something I forged in my environment. Does that not mean it's not traditional? Like, hey, I'm not wasting these materials, and here they are forged in, in my my area. And these are Nguvi lands, so is that not traditional? And so those are some of the things that I was uh, learning and discovering, you know, about my practice with the exhibition and processing joy. I was really happy, you know, constructing this. And so I wanted to really honor that and honor those roots, but also bringing in the other people, because this place is not just only for Southern Paiute people. It's for all Native people and beyond. You know, we're, we're very intersectional here. You know, we still have some construction going on. And, you know, we still have the kitchen that's going to go in. So, so there's four buildings in total that are here, part of this arts complex. And this one, like I have my art studio where I've been working. It's a total mess. I'll show you. <laughs> but I don't know. Do you really want to see how the sausage is made? Oh, it's, yeah. It's oh, funny. yeah. I want to see it. I want to see it. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so through this time with uh, I want to turn it into a cultural makerspace and have some nice shelving put in, uh, keeping the sewing machines, the weaving materials, and uh, you know, so people can come through. So when we think about makerspace, you know, you think about a three D printer, some saws, drills, all these things. But you know, if we take it back to cultural makerspace, you know, what does that mean for for our people? You know, our native people. Well, there's beadwork, there's weaving, there's all these uh, cultural traditions and practices. But they're not only ours, you know, we have like from the African tradition, from the Mexica culture. There's also other people that share different, you know, it's like, oh, actually, we do beadwork, too, or we do this. Let's do it together. (laughs) And so the studio that's right as you walk in is uh, Juan and Sochil, So it's Sochil Art and Quetzal Visions. And they do uh, Mexica art and education. They had an elder come out last year and teaching about the Aztec calendar. We also have a Theo So, or Teddy So, and he's also a member of the Las Vegas Paiute tribe, but he created Captain Paiute, uh, so he's a comic book artist. Uh, but we also have Ashanti McGee and Brent Holmes, and they have the Mesa Gallery here in the corner. So, you know, as you could see, you know, different, different cultures, different art uh, mediums. And in the back building, uh, the small casita in the back, that's Ben Alex Dupree, and he's uh, an award-winning filmmaker, and so he does a lot of things, especially on um, indigenous uh, arts and people, and ways and movements, and he's just really fascinating. Uh, but also in the north building, the orange building where you pulled in, uh, that's where our nonprofit organizations are, because my art isn't without my activism. So I when. We wanted to develop spaces. It's like, all right, it can't only be art studios. You know, we need the art and the activism. Uh, We have our uh, nonprofit Indigenous AF or IAF, INC. And we also have um, Indigenous Educators Empowerment who are working to change the curriculum and the school systems and just the way that Native people are seen and how people learn about us, especially in the state of Nevada.
1: So the three buildings... Just to be clear, the three buildings are the studio, the gallery, and then the nonprofit building. Yes.
2: And there's a casita in the back. And that smaller building is uh, where uh, Ben Alex Dupree is.
1: Wow, that's amazing. So you've really built a community here with artists and activists. And so I wanted to ask with the new Woo art gallery in these buildings, why did you create this space and what does it mean to you?
2: You know, I've always wanted to have my own community center, <laughs> my own art studio. Uh, I wanted to have like a artist residency program, all of the things. And it's really just coming full circle. It's so funny because I got a visit um, maybe a few months ago from a mentor of mine. So when I was 13, I was uh, kind of a scrappy kid got in some trouble and I was on probation and so part of my pr- probation was that I needed to, you know, do community service hours and at the time the Las Vegas Paiute tribe had a recreation center so I had to do hours there and so I was sweeping, I was mopping, I was making signs and just doing any piddly work that, the, <laughs> that Ken Trail he was a director of it, uh, that, you know, made me do, but he also taught me and he was talking to me. He's like, you know, you could be anything you want to be Fawn. You know, you're, you're better than this, you know? And he always had some inspiring words to say, and he was just funny and it was really inspiring. In fact, that that was one of those shifts in my life where I was like, all right, you know, things could be different and it doesn't always have to be so damn harsh or you know, I don't always have to be so mad all the time. And so when I think about that, I think about coming full circle and like, you know what, I do want my own place someday. And so when I wanted to do this, my partner knew about my dreams. It was more like a five-year plan, uh, not working through the pandemic and through my master's degree plan. (laughs) But the synagogue, he noticed it, it was for sale with the adjoining buildings and he's like, let's go look at it. And I was like, oh, do not. I've been, I was so busy with the MFA. And he's like, you know, it's just worth a look. Let's just check it out. Uh, and the pandemic hit and stocks started plummeting. And all of a sudden we get this call and we're like, hey, we'll take it. Wow! I was like, oh, OK, I guess we're doing this now. <laughs> okay all right and so that that's been our journey and we just you know every single day little by little cleaning up here and there uh, fixing something here and there and just doing what we can and you know everything that was happening like around the country it was just so much sadness at the time it's just like so many deaths and You know, we would take moments and we would just cry, you know, through it. And it'd be like summertime, it was like 2020. You know, we think about like the the latest headline or, you know, who had been killed by police brutality or what has happened to this family? Like, oh, you know, we would just take a moment and we would just cry. And then we just like, you know what, let's push through because we're creating something for the people. And what if we can build this space and keep on pushing on and, you know, building something where our artists can rise you know, so we we just kept that as fire. We kept it as fire. It's like, you know what, we're something's going to be better and it's going to come soon and we're going to bring it. And so we used it as fuel to, you know, keep going through another day because, girl, it was hard. I'm
1: sure. So it sounds like this was a beautiful way to give back and connect with your community. On your website, it you talk about decolonization and you talked about the colonization in Las Vegas a little bit before. What does decolonization look like in Las Vegas?
2: Decolonization in Las Vegas, especially here within our communities, is to just learn some of the traditional ways. Learn what we can, whether it comes to like learning our language, uh, tapping into that, uh, connecting more with the lands, and learning more about that. Teaching that too, because you know stewardship is not just ours; it's everybody's. And so uh, through education, we get to talk about, you know, how we're decolonizing because colonization has done a number on our people, not just Native people, but all people of color. And when we think about, you know, what colonization has done here, you know, our Native people were, you know, pushed off of our lands, our traditional homelands. And when we think about uh, decolonizing, it's that, that reclaiming of that land, that reclaiming of space and reclaiming of ourselves, and learning more about our histories and, you know, teaching other people those type of histories and who, who we were and who we are. Because the whole point of that is that we're still here. We're still a thriving, beautiful community. And even though the Las Vegas Paiute tribe is around 54 tribal members, give or take. I don't know what the current number is. Uh, but the, the city of Las Vegas, there's over like 50,000 plus Native Americans from so many different tribes who call this home. And so when we think about like, all right, what does decolonizing mean for, for, for everybody? And, you know, people want to learn their ways. They want to learn culture. So part of what you were saying just now was centering joy.
1: And that's a way of reclaiming yourselves and saying we're still here and we're here. Right. And you mentioned that during your exhibition opening that in your exhibition, you centered joy. Um, Why focus on joy?
2: Well, joy is a part of decolonizing. Uh, a lot of my art has been uh, very political. My mother shared stories about these sterilization practices on Native American people, like back in the seventies there's it's documented like this is a part of like the American history and so I asked some friends to you know join me um in this performance piece and I I had some hospital gowns and I put like red paint on the abdomen area to to look like blood at the words genocide on red um, on the chest. And so it was this piece where we stood in silence. And so I was doing a lot of these pieces where I was reacting to a lot of the things, the inequities uh, that were around me uh, to raise awareness and to release that too because some things can hurt so much that if you hold it in, it hurts even more. But as artists, we get to release that. And so I was, you know, releasing that and going through that process and just building art around, you know, the missing and murdered indigenous women, um, things that had happened to our people, things that are really foul, like uh, cultural appropriation, all of that. But it was also making me very angry. Like, oh, I hate this. (laughs) You know, but like what, what happens when I center joy? you know, let me reclaim myself and my happiness and what makes me happy. You know, I want to, I want to feel that I want to express that, you know, because it's like, we're not always our trauma. We're not always the sad story. Where is the happiness in seeing my community gathering, round dancing, doing all of the things. And so I wanted to center that. I was like, all right, let me build something that really represents that joy. And so that's why we had the community project with opening the doorways for the community with the children painting the doors, the regalia items that are also a part of the show and on display, and also the the centerpiece, which is called Joy. And that piece, uh, it's basically a, a square rectangle, almost looks like a cross. Uh, it's this figure that has different uh, ribbon colors, rainbow ribbon colors throughout it, as well as black, but it has like two pink ribbons that are hanging from it.
1: Yeah, and is that, is that what you kind of want the non-Indigenous Las Vegans to uh, take away from your work? And how do you want them to interact with your work?
2: I want them to also see themselves within the work. I want them to, to walk away with the feeling like, wow, that is really beautiful or what is this I don't understand this but I'm you know taking it in because there's a lot of people that stopped in front of it and we're trying to interpret it and trying to you know think about it but those people were also smiling with it you know all these different ribbons that are shining in color because it has a certain sheen to it too but also to just find themselves here and to want to be a part of this, to want to learn more about it, and to know that, you know, indigenous art isn't the stereotype, it isn't this headdress, it isn't this, you know, things that, you know, Hollywood has fed the people over the years. We are so much more, and our native cultures, we're, we're not a monolith, we're also very different. And so I want people to to learn more about us to know that we're still here and to know more about our history because it's also Las Vegas history and to have more of a claim to that. So when we think about like the reclaiming of the lands, reclaiming of ourselves, I also want the people who are not uh, Native American or not Paiute to also feel that connection here To Hey, we're all here together now, Uh, we're all here. So what can we do to make the future better? How can we live together and be stewards of these lands together? What can we do to support each other? Because that's where I am right now, is just finding that happiness.
0: That was a great conversation. Hey, let's bring Layla back for a bit more news.
1: Hi again, David. So the Palms Casino Resort reopened last night. It's been two long years of waiting as they renovated and reopened under new ownership. The Palms is actually the first native-owned casino resort in the Strip Corridor. Up about the state level? A Carson City judge blocked a Republican-led move to repeal a universal mail-in ballot initiative, which advocates say will get more people to vote. The judge ruled that the GOP-backed challenge was no good, that it was deceptive to voters and undermined faith in elections. Last but not least, an editorial in the Las Vegas Sun suggests that Florida's Don't say Gay Bill could actually drive tourism to Las Vegas. Currently 4 million LGBTQ visitors head to Florida every year, spending more than three billion in annual revenue <laughs>
0: Before we end today, CityCast Las Vegas wishes to acknowledge and honor the indigenous communities of this region and recognize that we are situated on the traditional homelands of the Nuwuvi, Southern Paiute people. We offer gratitude for the land itself, for those who have stewarded it for generations and for the opportunity to learn, work, and be in community with this land. You can support Fawn and her work in the community at iafinc.org or schedule an appointment to visit the Nuwu Art Complex by emailing newwooart at gmail.com. Our lead producer is Sonia Cho Swanson and our producer is Layla Mohammed. Our newsletter editor is Scott Dickensheets and our host is me, David Figler. Music is by OG Moose. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend? Rate the show, leave us a review and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back Tuesday morning with more news from around the city. Bye. All righty.